Live, I'm Randy Moggin, sitting in for Ronnie McMullen on this show, and we're going to examine the hidden, or maybe not so hidden, images and symbols found in popular entertainment, specifically the Hollywood film industry. If you don't know yet, Hollywood, which provides the images by which the world is transformed, is highly driven by the Luciferic system, the religious structures of the New World Order, and they are showing you their agenda. The recent press disclosures by actor Randy Quaid about the wholesale extortion, racketeering, murder, and insider betrayals of Hollywood is the tip of an iceberg. And by the way, that video is posted at the UFOEncountersLive.com site. You can go there and take a look at that under the articles section of the website. Hollywood has a long, rich history of ritual practices, and they do communicate their agenda quite graphically. This is a UFO show, so why are we talking about occult imagery? The occult, and my guest today will define that for us, is related to the mystery religions which date back to the earliest civilizations of Earth. The Phoenicians, Egyptians, Babylonians, and Greek cultures all practice dark arts which connect to the pantheon of the gods. In a closer study, you will see that these gods are another layer of the ET UFO phenomena. With me to talk about this and the imageries and films, and why they are there, is author and video producer William Ramsey. William is speaking to me from his home in Los Angeles, California. He's the author of the book, Prophet of Evil, Aleister Crowley, 9-11 and the New World Order, and his most recent work is the new video, Occult Hollywood. His website is occult911.com. William, welcome to UFO Encounters Live. Great, thank you very much for having me. First off, um, maybe what we can do in this first segment is kind of thread through a little bit of the thesis you laid out in your book regarding the what we've kind of dubbed the Crowley Code. In other words, there were a sequence of numbers that were connected to the 9-11, and we'll just call it what it is, ritual. And you broke that out in your book, Prophet of Evil. So maybe you can give that as kind of a bedrock for where we're going to go in dissecting the imagery in Hollywood films. Sure. Uh, basically, the, the general gist of my book is that Crowley's uh, ideology influenced the events of 9-11. And the connection between Crowley and the events are the numbers of the planes. The numbers of the planes were 11, 77, 93, and 175. All of those numbers could be termed the prime numbers of Aleister Crowley. Crowley Crowley's ideal number was 11. 11, for him, was the number of magic. It also was the sacred number par excellence of the New Age, and it was uh, one of the chief numbers in his uh, primary book called the Book of the Law. So 11 was very important to, to Crowley. Uh, 77 was also a number of import to Crowley. It was a representation of Oz, or it translates from 77 to Oz in his magical system. It also represents Capricorn or the goat 
It was also a representation of the devil. It also represents half of the formulation of uh, some of his magical practices, and there's 77 infernal names of the devil in the Satanic Bible by Anton LaVey. So 77 is also very important. And then 93 is also another of his prime numbers. Uh, in using the Kabbalistic gematria, where a word can equal a number, uh, Crowley found that some of his primary words, two of which, Thelema and Agape, equaled 93 in the Greek gematria, and the chief entity that he was in contact with by the name of Awas equaled 93 in the Hebrew gematria. So 93, 77, and 11 are very important, and you see these numbers suffused, or at least I began to, once I recognized the importance of these numbers, I began to see them infused through the common culture with greater frequency, and uh, this was the reason why I put together this uh, documentary film of Cult Hollywood. Now, what kind of led you to go into the Hollywood side of this after having obviously mapped out a pretty tight schema of the numbers in 9-11? Well, it was, uh, I kept seeing the numbers around. I was influenced by certain websites that uh, were interested in the occult, and it just started a, a period of research where I really wanted to get this out there and try to solidify not just for myself but for the general public that these numbers are there for a reason, that they're signals uh, between individuals who are into uh, Luciferianism. And uh, I wanted to also provide undeniable proof and evidence that, you know, once you put all these things together, you really cannot uh, deny that these numbers are extant, important, and are being used for a purpose. Uh, maybe, as I, <laughs> I, I stated in the intro, maybe what we should also do at this point is kind of break out a little bit a working definition of the word occult because I think people get stumbled by that as well. Yeah, my definition is basically from uh, the uh, Webster's Dictionary, 2010. Uh, the definition of occult as a verb is not revealed, not easily apprehended or understood or hidden from view. So I use the word occult in a very broad sense. It includes uh, all types of secrets. It does include Luciferian, Luciferianism, but you know I've just used that as to try to show that there are secret things, and, and I'm just trying to attempt through, you know, some of the stuff that I put together in my book and my uh, documentaries to reveal that. So I'm definitely not interested in seeing individuals initiate themselves into this Luciferian uh, global structure. But, in fact, isn't it part of the agenda that we see, especially coming from Hollywood, to plant this imagery into the mainstream and... The purpose of it being to not only display in front of us in sort of the, a hidden form their own ritualistic parade, but also to, uh, in a way, subliminally animate and foreshadow things that are going on in the larger mm -hmm. system. Hollywood, of course, being uh, somewhat the propaganda machine for the New World Order. Absolutely. I think you're 100% correct. I think that uh, they serve to... Uh, try to influence people as well as uh, function as a signaling function for other people who are interested. So it's kind of like an introductory you know, input into some of these films for sure. Can we place Aleister Crowley either directly or indirectly into uh, Hollywood during the time of his travels in the United States? Because most listeners may not know that Crowley did travel into the United States, and his influence has been felt widely, but it seems to be so obvious in how it's displayed uh, in the trappings of Hollywood itself. 
Uh, yes, actually, absolutely. There are some influences upon Hollywood. One of his main followers was a Hollywood actress. She was uh, involved in the Agape Lodge in Los Angeles, where uh, Jack Parsons and Marjorie Cameron were, uh, you know, uh, top members of this lodge. Marjorie Cameron is was in certain scenes that with other very important uh, actors. Uh, for example, she was in a scene with Dennis Hopper. So you see this direct connection from Crowley to his followers to Hollywood. There are also uh, other people, but his as far as his direct being in Hollywood, uh, I don't have any evidence of that. I know he traveled through California uh, during the early 20s, but uh, you know his followers definitely were and are still kind of involved in Hollywood. One of the primary ones is a person by the name of Kenneth Anger, who uh, was a friend of uh, Crowley's, one of Crowley's closest followers by the name of Gerald York. So there's a connection there, and Kenneth Anger's been in Hollywood for many years. He wrote a book called Hollywood Babylon, which kind of details the underbelly of Hollywood and uh, all of its shenanigans. So uh, there are those connections as well. So maybe what we can do is take a look at some of the uh, earliest citations that you have in your video uh, and get a, get a handle on some of the p key players involved in the uh, Hollywood elite who are also part of this, this occult um, display. Well, one of the, one of the primary uh, earliest influences upon Hollywood was a person by the name of Dennis Wheatley. He was a friend of Crowley and uh, was in contact with him. He wrote very popular occult books in the 50s one of which, uh, by the title The Devil Rides Out, was a film produced uh, based upon Crowley. I mean, basically the lead character's name is Mokata, and he is Crowley, and they show ritual practice that's very similar to Crowley's ritual practice. There was also another movie called To the Devil a Daughter. So these uh, were direct uh, uh, films and uh, books that were uh, made by somebody who knew Crowley intimately. And... Um, you know, that's kind of the same with Kenneth Anger. He wrote a film called Lucifer Rising. He, uh, people who worked with him on that film, one was by the name of Bobby Bouzelet, who was a Manson associate. Uh, he ended up going to the jail for the killing of Bobby Hinman. So, and also working on Lucifer Rising was Jimmy Page of the band Led Zeppelin. And um, there were also attempts to get Mick Jagger involved. So you see these kind of uh, cultural luminaries are still uh, associated with uh, some very serious practicing Luciferians. Kenneth Anger, by the way, or incidentally, was uh, had contact with Mark David Chapman, the killer of John Lennon. Uh, within the uh, time before he did the shooting, he actually came up to Kenneth Anger and offered him bullets and said, these are for John. So there's some very interesting connections between Kenneth Anger and many people in Hollywood. And, uh, yeah. um, the uh, yeah. even deeper influences of Hollywood, the music industry, and the uh, world political structure. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to look a little bit more deeply at Carl Hollywood and the ritual practices displayed in theaters all around the world. We'll be right back. William Ramsey, and we're talking about Carl Hollywood and the symbols and things that they show you inside of the Hollywood system. William, major directors in Hollywood, especially in the last, I would have to say, probably 25, 30 years, have displayed what seems to be increasingly darker and rich images. Some of these producers, such as Oliver Stone and others, have given us huge clues as to the agenda of the New World Order. Can you kind of break that out a little bit for us? Yeah, I've uh, kind of traced a lot of these occult references or 
uh, highlighted by a number of directors, Oliver Stone, Stanley Kubrick, and Roman Polanski in specifics. And I basically kind of break down their films and show how they are definitely, you know, predictively programming the population, I guess, with these kind of themes. For example, Oliver Stone, his movie The Doors about Jim Morrison, there's this death devil figure that follows him throughout the film. There's very lurid and graphic elements or, or scenes of witchcraft, including blood drinking, etc., and so that was, you know, definitely the Luciferian influence. Natural Born Killers, one of his most brutal films. In the intro, there's a 666, the number of the beast, and a 77. So he's hitting those occult connectors right there in the beginning. Typically, these directors and writers, when they want to put the imagery or the occult reference, it usually starts at the very beginning. Usually that's the, where they put most of their signals. For example, Oliver Stone did a film on the World Trade Center in 2004, and uh, with Nicolas Cage, and there's a repeated use of the of the number 93, as we discussed kind of in the intro. That's Crowley's specific number that he kind of came up with during his occult research and career. He also, Oliver Stone did a film about Alexander, where he references Prometheus. Now, Prometheus is a very important symbol of global Luciferianism. It basically talks about the light. Prometheus was the light bringer who was punished by the gods for giving humanity the gift of fire. And here... Oliver Stone, who wrote Alexander, uses Prometheus and then basically inserts into the film this pro-New World Order speech, and I have that in my film. It's uh, pretty interesting, but it's clear that Oliver Stone is sympathetic to uh, the whole idea of a New World Order once you see that. So Oliver Stone has that also with JFK. One of the important elements of the film is where the Jim Garrison character goes to Washington, D.C. and meets with Mr. X, who's based on the writer Fletcher Prudy, who wrote The Secret Team. But in the background, there's the huge obelisk of George Washington that's dominating the skyline. And basically, for me, that suggests that those who were responsible for killing are from, or killing of Kennedy, the assassination of Kennedy, were people from the old mystery religions and ancient religions. And I think that once you research the people who were involved in the killing, you'll find that to, that evidence to be fairly clear. So Oliver Stone has these occult suggestions and connections. And I, to my opinion, he's very well connected with some of this underground Luciferian uh, doctrine. And also, then we can move on to Stanley Kubrick, who's also uh, very familiar. Some of his works are very clearly influenced by the ancient mystery religions. Dr. Strangelove has a 93 reference, so that's very clear. Another Crowley number, 2001, A Space Odyssey, was written with the assistance of Arthur C. Clarke, who was a 33rd degree masonry. There's all types of allegorical understandings in that film that are very important that are tied to masonry. And, you know, the monolith, one of the interesting connections from that film is there was a monolith in the film that, after the destruction of the World Trade Center, an almost exact replica was built uh, across from the ruins. It's very unusual, and uh, I suggest people take a look at that. I think it's called the Hilton Hotel. And so you see that connection, and then one of his most famous films and his last film was called Eyes Wide Shut, uh, in that there are very many, and unfortunately it was re-edited by the studio, so it's unsure, we're not really sure what his, Kubrick's final edit really was, but in the scene where the lurid, you know, party with the elites takes place, there's 11 consorts, which is a Crowley number, there's also the double-headed eagle of high masonry on the chair, where the, basically, the head of the, the ceremony sits, and then, you know, Kubrick mysteriously died four days after, uh, he put his edit in with the studio. So we really don't know exactly what his final edit was, but 
There also is references to rainbows, which are very important in the occult lexicon. It's a symbol of basically all the different levels of the rainbow. It refers to Luciferians and how many different types there are throughout the world is my understanding. So that's also an eyes wide shut. So Kubrick definitely was uh, in the know, and I think he tried to reveal a lot of the inside stuff, and he, he might have paid for it with his life. Yeah, very interesting stuff that they brought Steven Spielberg in to do the final cut on that movie. Another insider with a lot of hidden imagery in his films as well. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to continue to break out the imagery of Hollywood, what they're communicating to you, and why here on UFO Encounters Live. And I welcome you back to UFO Encounters Live. I'm Randy Margins. I'm here with William Ramsey, who is the author of uh, Alistair Crowley 9-11 and the New World Order, and he is also the producer of the new video, Occult Hollywood. We're talking about the imagery that's inside the films that you are viewing, and the purpose of this is largely to make you aware of what they're communicating, why they're communicating it, and why you cannot just simply passively watch the movies that Hollywood is putting out. They're sending us a message, and there's a purpose behind it. William, you want to kind of comment a little bit on that, the whole process of this communication and what it means to, to the viewers? Yeah, I think that uh, a lot of these filmmakers are definitely trying to program the public with their ideology, and uh, much of that ideology is Luciferian, in, uh, at least in these specific cult films that I've kind of detailed, and, and this is really just kind of scratching the surface. Honestly, there are so many of these occult markers throughout Hollywood films that it would take 10 hours to really detail them all, but uh, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's an important uh, promotional uh, films are an important promotional view for these occultists because they get an audience that may not be using their full critical awareness when they're watching these uh, films. So uh, they're promoting to a passive audience, as you said, and I think it's very important to view these, these films critically and understand exactly what they're uh, trying to get across, what these individuals, these particular filmmakers and the writers are trying to get across to the public. Now, we hit on a couple of the uh, the big producers. Uh, obviously, Roman Polanski is, is one of uh, Hollywood's deeply embedded occult practicing artists, having uh, obviously produced Rosemary's Baby, which I think was probably a, a, a benchmark film in terms of really going into the dark stuff, and Oliver Stone as well. But there are some other producers out there as well that are, are putting out films that may be a little more veiled, certainly a lot darker. you want to kind of touch on that a little bit? Well, I think that, uh, for example, Roland em Emmerich, uh, he always puts almost every one of his films has some reference to 9-11, uh, the numerical reference of this number, 11 being Crowley's you know, primary number of magic. And uh, so you see that. Uh, there are a variety of other different films that have these numbers in them. The uh, 11s, 93s. Uh, Polanski, for example, as you stated in Rosemary's, ba Rosemary's Baby, has a wide variety of occult references. I show some of it in my book, I mean, in my film, that, uh, for example, there's one scene where uh, this girl, uh, the primary character played by Mia Farrow, is realizing that uh, somebody in the Dakota where she's living in New York is the <laughs> son of a, of a high witch. And she's trying to explain it to her husband through this book that she's reading called All of Them Witches. Well, the husband steals the book away and puts it up on the bookshelf, but there's a very subtle piece there. He puts this book on the bookshelf above two books, one of which is written by Alfred Kinsey, 
and the other by Sammy Davis. Now, both of those two, once you do research, they were both uh, very much influenced so this would by be Sammy Davis Jr., the actor. Correct. He was definitely he was a member of the Temple of Satan. There's a picture of my film with him between uh, Anton Lavey and uh, uh, another practicing Satanist. And then Alfred Kinsey was uh, somebody who's a friend of, of or a very close intimate of Kenneth Anger. We talked about it the uh, first segment. And uh, so there's this visual connection between them all for insiders. Uh, so Polanski put that in there. He also, Polanski also wrote a uh, satanic allegorical journals, uh, journey film called The Ninth Gate. Basically, it is a, a incredibly Luciferian film. It details how an individual can ascend to the ninth gate of the Holy of Holies. Uh, the ninth gate is something where references to the uh, temple in Jerusalem. And the symbolism within that film, the ninth gate, is incredible. There basically are these books that, uh, if you put all the books together in the writings, there, there are these pictures that were supposedly drafted by Lucifer himself. And uh, each one of those pictures has a very deep occult meaning. For example... In one of the pictures, there's lightning striking the tree, which is the Luciferian inversion of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. uh, that and the, the 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 lightning symbolizes Satan, and that's supposedly what giving is giving people knowledge. So that uh, that symbol is actually uh, used frequently in intros into other films. But uh, there's also the sign of silence or wisdom and silence, which is a gesture that Crowley used to use. You basically stand with you know, straight up, and your right finger goes over your lips. And that's something that's very important in all occult practices is to maintain silence. There's also a depiction of the Whore of Babylon, which is half of 77. It's the seven head, the woman who rides the seven-headed dragon. Uh, that's very uh, much in the ninth gate. And then also the chessboard, which is eight by eight. That symbolizes the primacy of human intelligence. So that's also in these little uh, pictures within the ninth gate. So... When you understand and see these deep occult uh, symbols, then and, and watch this film, it really opens up. Ninth Gate had Johnny Depp in it; he was 34 and um, at the time. But uh, you know, it's a very important film, in my opinion, uh, to understand uh, Luciferian ideology. And then also another one, Roman Polanski did, which is recent. It's called The Ghost Rider. I include that in this film. There's Elevens in there. Uh, he references, but it's also an important film because. It goes into a character, there's a character in there who basically symbolizes the Anglo-American New World Order elite. Uh, there's a person in there who you know, went to school at Harvard, Yale, and Cambridge. He's a member of the CIA. He's a member of the Arcadian Society. Arcadia is a uh, principality in Greece where the god Pan lived, and Pan is a representation of the devil. So this movie, The Ghost Rider, is very important. It came out in 2010, and... Uh, uh, the lead actor is Ewan McGregor, so it had definitely A-list people in there, and, you know, here they are putting across their kind of New World Order agenda, and their New new World Order references in the Ghost Rider, as a matter of fact. Uh, you bring out this video, again, the stream of numbers, the uh, Crowley Code, that appears in, in many of the films, uh, 93, 9, 11, seem to show up consistently. Some of these films visually are giving us clues to the Crowley Code, which is part of this ritualistic enactment that is being played out. And we have to go to the fact that 
there's something very mysterious and almost spiritual as a, that's playing into this because coincidence alone does not explain the, the numbers. You talk about a number of films. You want to maybe thread through a few of these, such as Angel Heart and Vantage Point, Enemy of the State, 9-11 references, because some of these films also anticipated 9-11, meaning that perhaps they knew or that they were, in fact, triggering number of sequences that went into the spiritual realm. Uh, agreed. And, you know, a lot of these films, for example, you mentioned Angel Heart, which is a very occult film. Uh, there are 93s in there. The Eye of Horus, which is a symbol of the devil. Horus being uh, Crowley's god of the New Age. Uh, references to Ella, Edward Kelly, a very prominent 16th century magician. Uh, they Live, which uh, many people are familiar with, has references to 93. Enemy of the State uh, includes a 9-11 reference. And many 11s are suffused throughout that film that a lot of people don't realize. But that's like, uh, you know, the film is very important because it kind of details the dangers of the uh, total surveillance slash beast system state. Uh, Trading Places by Aaron Russo includes uh, 11s. Uh, and uh, The End of Days, so in a very interesting kind of uh, book into kind of prophetic behavior uh, that had Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. It's a 1999 film. Includes bizarre rituals, the Prometheus imagery. Uh, 11s, and uh, one of the interesting elements uh, of the film, and this is before the events of 9-11, this is a foreshadowing of 9-11, is uh, Schwarzenegger's first contact with the devil figure takes place in his apartment. Well, the devil shows up in a windowscape in the background is the WTC, World Trade Center Towers, and when you see or perceive the, the WTC event like I do as a uh, ritualized uh, event, then it actually adds an eerie quality to the entire film, especially when you see all the satanic imagery throughout that film. End of Days was very uh, well received. I guess people watched it worldwide. It raised, you know, it made about two hundred fifty million dollars. So these are definitely uh, suffused through these very common films that we've seen. Uh, you know, and this is just a just a, a small amount of these films. I mean, I could have gone and done, like I said earlier, done about ten hours of information. But these are. You know, films that people are putting in, the directors or the writers are putting in these 11s and 93s and these uh, satanic references. So, you know, be on the lookout for those uh, those those uh, films and, and films that are coming out, you know, even after the event still have these numbers. So, in a sense, what we, what we can kind of come away with here is that, for the most part, the movie-watching public is extremely unaware of these, these symbolisms and these depictions. And in making the video, and, and obviously us doing this interview, we're trying to inform people that there are codes within these movies that are prescient in terms of events that they plan to roll out. It gives us this number sequence that I think you very well uh, articulated in both the book and the video as well. We try, we're trying to make the public aware of these things, because as you pointed out earlier, and I agree, we passively watch entertainment, we take it in, and we don't really process the subliminal messages that are being brought to the forefront as a result of these films. Agreed. Absolutely. And, you know, people are seeing these this satanic imagery over and over again. For example, in the intro to every Jerry Bruckheimer-produced film or TV movie or anything that has it, there's an intro where uh, the camera's like rolling down a road and lightning strikes the tree. 
And so basically people are being subjected to Luciferian imagery, uh, as I stated, that, that that Luciferian imagery of the lightning striking the tree was included in the ninth gate. But uh, people are being subjected to this Luciferian imagery every time uh, they watch a Jerry Bruckheimer uh, produced uh, show. So, you know, it's uh, definitely out there. I think people need to be aware of these symbols and understand them and uh, see what, what follows these symbols. What are they trying to also put across in these films? Yeah, it bleeds over into, te into television entertainment as well. And I, that's, there's another video project for you right there. Yeah, for sure. We, it's pretty clear that there's a consistent message. It's the reason why um, I think most people are so unaware is that we have sat back and allowed ourselves to be entertained and not realized that, that there are codes loaded in all of this. And it's, this is a very old system. Uh, going back through history and literature, I think as well, we can see that this pretty clearly for a long time. That there's something about the Illuminati, the, the Freemasonry aspect of this, where I believe they need to inform us of what they're doing, of giving us their agenda, and we passively agree and therefore supply consent to their ongoing attacks against us. Agreed. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very serious. We've, we've and uh, I think the general populace has allowed it to go on for a long time without really consciously being aware of it, you know. So that's really kind of the purpose of my my uh, documentary is to let people see and understand exactly what's going on. And one more time, maybe we'll just tell, you can tell people where they can find both the book and the videos. Sure, www.occult911.com, and uh, you can take a look at the videos. I also did a documentary on Aleister Crowley, if anybody's interested in that. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. And last segment of UFO Encounters Live. I'm here with author William Ramsey. And William, we're just going to touch a little bit on maybe the, some of the suppressed films as well that, that were signaling things, why these films were suppressed, and um, what they were communicating to us. Uh, these suppressed films were important because I think they were really trying to do the opposite of some of the earlier films, which is to actually try to educate and make people aware of what is really happening behind the scenes. And some of the primary films that I came across were uh, one of which is called Parallax View, the other is The Manchurian Candidate, the other is The Good Shepherd. The Parallax View is a film about political conspiracy and assassination, and uh, it was uh, made in 1974. It is very to me, it was a very important film because it kind of details uh, how political leaders can be assassinated in the United States. And uh, the, the the poster for the film actually says, as American as apple pie on it, which is pretty interesting. <laughs> but yeah, So a lot of people have never seen that film. I highly recommend it. Uh, I think it's one of the most important uh, films, top 50 or 100 films made. Uh, and so uh, I definitely recommend that. The other is Manchurian Candidate, made in 1962. The director is John Frankenheimer. Uh, this is also basically about mind control. They were trying to get across uh, to the public. Uh, the writer was Richard Condon. And uh, there's an interesting kind of synchronicity between this mind control movie and uh, political events. Uh, the day before Robert Kennedy was shot at uh, the hotel in L.A., he was at a dinner party with John, at John Frankenheimer's house. Also, Sharon Tate actually was there as well. So, yeah, Frankenheimer, Tate, and Kennedy. The next day, Kennedy goes to give a speech at the Ambassador Hotel uh, to accept the nomination from California, and he's shot by a mind-controlled patsy by the name of Sirhan Sirhan. So, 
uh, you know, this is where this conjunction between our uh, cultural slash films and uh, political realities take place. Also, another film is Good Shepherd, 2006, A-list actors, Matt Damon, uh, Angelina Jolie, and uh, was produced and directed by Robert De Niro. Uh, goes into the Skull and Bones and Anglo-American establishment. I think it's very important to watch that as well. So those are just some of the suppressed films that I think are very important and uh, really were uh, made by the directors and uh, the writers to educate and inform people as opposed to kind of pull the wool over their eyes. Is In closing up a little bit here, um, is it your opinion, your view, based on what you've studied, that these people are all part of the inside uh, occult system, or are they following marching orders from uh, somebody above them? Well, I think that it seems like a lot of them are a part of the occult system, and uh, I think that they're uh, trying to get their information out and um, see, follow, you know, basically create followers or uh, influence the public. So uh, some of them clearly were people who did not want to be part of the system, and that's why you have these suppressed films. But um, it's hard for me to tell whether there's some kind of high end other than, you know, the devil himself who's influencing all these people. Interesting. William, I want to thank you for coming on to UFO Encounters Live. Um, unfortunately, time's so short. This is a complex subject. Again, the website is occult911.com. You can go there and find more information about the book and about the videos. There are previews posted from that website as well onto YouTube, and you can get a picture of uh, what's really going on in Hollywood and what they are communicating to you the viewing public. I'm Randy Moggins. This has been UFO Encounters Live, and we'll see you again. The truth is out there. It's inside you. Keep looking for it.